Welcome to the Every Hair Counts podcast brought to you by Jernigan's Hair Replacement. I'm Jason Kong here with our full cast. We've got Susan Jernigan with us, Dr. Sujeev Baines and Natasha Octoberg. And we are going to be talking about exosome hair restoration therapy. And that's quite a bit of a mouthful. But Susan, I'll start with you first. Let's start with what are exosomes? I think that's a, a popular question right now. Well, exosomes are the newest treatment that has kind of come up in the last six months to a year or so, and we are now starting to perform this treatment at Jernigan's in the use of hair loss prevention and some hair regrowth. And I'll let uh, Natasha and Dr. Baines kind of explain the good medical side of that and how it works. Exosomes are extracellular vesicles that the cells produce to communicate with each other. They contain numerous proteins, lipids, genetic material, and growth factors to help with stem cell signaling. One of the nice things about exosomes is they can last much longer in the system, oftentimes six to eight months, whereas one of the traditional treatments, ERP, you're losing the growth factors within about three weeks. Okay, so for someone who's dealing with hair loss, can we boil that down just a little bit more? What exactly does this, this treatment mean? Well especially for a person dealing in early hair loss. These growth factors can help stimulate the hair back into the antigen cycle, which is the growth cycle of the hair. By stimulating hair into the growth cycle, we can see an increase in the size of the hair shaft and more hair growing at the same time, therefore providing an increase in hair density for the patient. And you mentioned early in the hair loss cycle. When exactly should folks be reaching out or what are some signs and symptoms that would equate to being early? Honestly, in hair loss, the earlier we seek treatment, the better. So at the very first sign of androgenic alopecia, female pattern, male pattern baldness, if that patient can go in and start treatments, we can stabilize that hair loss and thicken it up. The longer we wait to start treatment, the less hair is available and still viable to be regrown. So let's say you have a patient that just started losing hair a year ago. And pretty much all the hair's there, but it's just miniaturized a little bit. Oftentimes, we can stimulate quite a bit of that hair back. However, you may have a patient that comes to you for hair regrowth, and they actually lost their hair 25 years ago, and that area is smooth bald. If there's no viable cells left to regenerate, we're not going to see much regeneration, generally speaking. It's kind of like a really expensive fertilizer. we got to have the seeds there to work with. That's a great analogy. I think that's very helpful. And in the past on this podcast, we've discussed the uh, PRP form of treatment. How is this different, the exosome hair restoration therapy from PRP? So exosomes are actually derived from stem cells themselves. They contain several times more growth factors than what would be in the plasma So we tend to see that not only does it last longer, but it's also more concentrated. Well, that's great for the patient. That's, I think, excellent news for someone who's looking to stop hair loss and get into the mode of hair regeneration. Susan, how long does it take for someone to start seeing results when it comes to exosome hair restoration therapy? Well, with the exosomes or any type of hair regeneration therapy, you need to give it on average 90 days. That's the life cycle of hair. Sometimes we can see results as early as eight weeks. 
but you always want to give something 90 days on average. We've gotten our consultation and we've decided that exosome hair restoration therapy is an avenue that we want to pursue. What does the treatment schedule look like for this? Treatment schedule is actually fairly easy. First thing we want patients to do is avoid any what we call NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, for at least three days prior to the procedure. These things are ibuprofen, aspirin, Aleve. We're getting the body's inflammatory response to these things in these exosomes. And if we're inhibiting that body's inflammatory response, we're not going to get the maximum results from this treatment. So it's very important to go ahead and stop any of those types of medications at least three days before the procedure. And we do prefer for up to three weeks afterwards. Prior to coming in the day of your procedure, you should have plenty of fluids and also make sure you have a little snack. Sometimes patients come to the doctor's office, they get a little lightheaded or anything else when they see a needle. So we do prefer for patients to have had something to eat and plenty of liquids that day. After the procedure, it's really pretty simple. We also ask patients not to wash their hair for about four hours and avoid any strenuous activity. You know, don't go to the gym or go for a five-mile run for the next 24 hours. And after that, is there any maintenance involved? Maintenance is always going to be involved when we're talking about stabilizing and preventing future hair loss. When you have a male or a female pattern baldness, you're genetically programmed to keep losing that hair. So if we don't maintain treatments, your genetics will want to take over. With current information out there, we find about 8 to 12 months between treatments for exosomes. Perfect. And Dr. Baines and Natasha just mentioned males and females. Is this uh, an option that's available to both men and women? In men and women, there's a lot of things in the cellular tissue that are going on that cause hair loss. And with exosomal therapy, it's attacking the hair loss on multiple levels. It helps with the circulatory state, it helps with collagen synthesis, and it also helps with the stem cell maturation. So in both men and women, that would be effective. Dr. Baines, when it comes to the exosome therapy, can you go into a little more detail about the differences uh, between this and PRP? Is, is there blood drawn? What, what is the, uh, the difference in the experience for the patient? So generally with a PRP, we're actually taking the plasma and concentrating it and then injecting it into the scalp. With exosomal therapy, it's independent of this. We actually have exosomal therapy that's separate. And with the PRP, it's injected as an additional treatment. And are there any other factors that would make someone a poor candidate for exosome hair restoration therapy, whether it be age or uh, I don't know, are, are there any other limiting factors? Actually, with exosomal therapy, the nice thing is there isn't a limiting factor. And in some cases, um, arguably, PRP may not be as effective in the older population because the growth factors may not be as concentrated in an older person. Whereas with exosomes, those are harvested to work on young uh, stem cells. So I would argue that if somebody is not responding so much to PRP, it may be a good idea to start exosomal therapy as an additional benefit. So exosomes are actually derived from stem cells. So stem cells actually bud out extracellular vesicles that contain numerous growth factors, genetic material, proteins, and lipids. So those are actually harvested, and then we can use those independently and inject them into the scalp. So Dr. Baines, if, if you could just boil it down, I'm, I'm, I'm a very simple man. So where are these harvested from? Where, where do the exosomes come from? 
So they're actually harvested from human mesenchymal stem cells. So they're harvested, they're extracellular vesicles that come from those stem cells that are harvested and then concentrated and injected into the scalp as a treatment. Well, I know this is exciting because it's a a relatively uh, new and up and coming form of therapy. Dr. Baines, where else have we seen exosomes before? What what other uses do these have? So it's... uh, multifactorial exosome use, uh, exosomes can actually reduce inflammation and reduce fibrotic activity. So it can help against arthritis. So it's used in orthopedics. It can help against cardiac inflammation. It can help with, uh, we talked about collagen synthesis, so it can help with actually improvement in the skin. So exosomes are not only great for stem cell synthesis, but they're actually wonderful in immunomodulation. So they can modulate the immune system so that we have, for instance, we can actually promote wound healing or promote cartilage synthesis in the knee or reduce inflammation in the heart. We're finding all different uses of exosomes in regenerative medicine and therapies now. It's amazing to see it in everything from regeneration with arthritis patients and cardiac patients, and even in facial procedures, skin tightening, collagen regrowth. Exosomes are just such a new, wonderful field of medicine. We're looking forward to seeing all the potential we can. I can tell that you all are very excited about this, and it's it's great to have another tool in your tool belt when it comes to those who are interested in finding the correct therapy for them. If you want to learn more, you can go to jernigans.com. That's jernigans with a J. Learn more there. On behalf of Susan Jernigan, Dr. Sujeev Baines, and Natasha Octoberg, I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for listening to Every Hair Counts. <laughs>